things were not going well for the army of Israel that day there in the valley of Elah. The Israelites were on the hill on the east side while the Philistines were on the hill on the west. And between them was a riverbed, a a wadi, as dry and as parched as the dwindling courage of King Saul's troops. Why was courage a crumbling commodity? One word. A name, Goliath, fearsome, nearly 10 feet tall. His armor said to have weighed 125 pounds of bronze that just gleamed like the sun there in the valley. Yet, it was the 15 pound point of his spear that the Israelites feared the most. For 40 days he called out for Israelites to send someone who would fight them. It was was a simple wager that Goliath put out there. He kills me, you win. I kill him, you lose. And the Philistines were shouting their taunt, Come fight Goliath. Come fight Goliath. And the Israelites were shouting back their war cry. Don't come any closer. Don't come any closer. Now David had been attending to his father's sheep. And Jesse, wanting to have some news as to how his three oldest sons were faring in the battle, sent David down to the front to check on them. Now, our narrator has already introduced David by this point in the story. He talks about him in 1 Samuel 16. You see, Saul had a problem, Uh, a thorn in the flesh, or or better yet, a, a tormenting or vexing spirit that made it hard for him to to think or to sleep or to have much, if any, physical comfort. The conventional wisdom of the day was that soothing music would be the best medicine for Saul's condition. And a servant of Saul suggested Jesse's son, David. He said, I have seen the son of Jesse in Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man, a warrior. He speaks well. He's a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. Now think about that description for a moment. He's talented He's brave. He's socially adept. He's physically fit. He is the definition of a dashing young man. Though he is below the minimum 20-year-old age in order to join the army. Many a night, David's harp soothed Saul's spirit. Now that day 
in the valley of Elah. When David came upon the camp of the Israelites, the army was going out to the battle position shouting a war cry. (laughs) The army of God shouting a war cry and not one man willing to fight. Can you picture it? They're on the hillside covered with the Israelite soldiers all wearing their battle gear. The arrows are sharpened, the shields are poised, the spears are at the ready, and they're there pumping each other up, yet not one of them being willing to leave the pep rally. It begs a question when you stop to think about it. Of what value was a trained and equipped army that's unwilling to fight I wonder sometimes about our country where we're headed morally spiritually have you ever asked yourself where are we going to be in the next 15 20 years, did you ever expect we would be where we are now just three years ago? You know, all the signs are there, all the battle lines are are being drawn around us. We know on which hill to stand. We even know the chance to sing And we've studied the soldier's manual till we're blue in the face. And yet, of what value? David asked Saul what was going on. And the king said to him, and then David said to the king, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, for your servant will go and fight him. While Saul and his army thought Goliath was too big to fight, David thought he's too big to miss. You see, crab bucket mentality has taken over. Have you ever heard of crab bucket mentality? They say when you're out and you're gathering crabs, you know, you you got a bucket, you don't even have to put a lid on it because as soon as you start dropping crabs in there, if one of them starts to crawl out, what happens? The other ones start to pull him back into the bucket. You know, everybody was critical of David. First, his brothers were critical. Eliab even said, you're not courageous, you're arrogant. And Saul condemned uh, David by saying, you're too young to even know what you're doing. Yet David's courage didn't come from conceit. It didn't come from ignorance or arrogance. David's courage came from experience.
experiencing what it means to trust God. If you read over Saul's life, King Saul, there's no wonder why he didn't get it. Because Saul seldom did anything by consulting the Lord. Saul just went about doing his own thing, expecting God to bless it. But David, on the other hand, when you look at his life, and especially as he was ruling, you'll note he always talked to God before he made a move. A perfect man, far from it, but one that was seeking the heart of God. And you think about it, David was one bad dude. Anybody here want to wrestle a bear? Or roll around on the ground with a lion? Anybody? That was either a new level of youthful foolishness or that was tremendous faith. Yet don't we learn from Scripture? I believe somebody said one time, That the good shepherd is willing to lay his life down for the sheep? Today, that crab bucket mentality is still alive and well in the army of God. I got a quick test for you. I I want you to answer this in your mind. I do not want to see a show of hands, okay? I just want you to think about this for just a second. Just think about this question. Are you quick to criticize someone who's reaching out? Or are you quick to encourage them? Or when you feel the Spirit's call to step out of your comfort zone and share Christ, do you follow that call or do you retreat back In the bucket. Does your Monday through Friday life reflect the gusto of your Sunday morning worship? Or does that passion die down shortly after you leave this room? Are you willing to rise Above the crowd. Here's one thing we learn from David. You do not have to use somebody else's methods. You read there in, in, in uh, chapter 17, 1 Samuel. And it says that David declined Saul's armor. Not because it was too big. It's because he wasn't used to it. It was uncomfortable to him. It was unnatural. David trusted in the experience that he had where God had helped him overcome the lion and the bear. And he moved toward Goliath. And as he came to that wadi, that dry riverbed, he stopped. And he selected five 
suitable rocks. And then he kept moving forward. He used what he knew. In family, we can do the same. Over the past few weeks, we have talked about many things and we've placed many useful stones in your way that you can use that'll be an aid to you when you're talking to others about the love of God that was shown through the cross of Calvary. Choose which ones work for you or try them all out. Gain some experience with trusting God and realize he will give you what you need when you trust him. This battle with Goliath was just as much a spiritual one as it was a physical one. Now Goliath, he took one look at David and he condemned him to a quick death just like Eliab and Saul had done. And David, showing no no fear, but a complete trust in God, went right at Goliath and struck him between the eyes, knocked him down and cut off his head. Now i got to ask you, why is it that Saul and the whole army of Israel that was there on the hill Why is it they couldn't have done the same thing? David knew something that Saul lacked. David knew the power and the purpose of the battle. Now as to the power, 1 Samuel 17, 45, we read this. David said to the Philistine. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. What did he know? We've talked before, but just just as a reminder, that little phrase there, in the name of, is a Jewish idiom. It's a phrase that that says one thing kind of means the other. When you put all the words together, you kind of get that that thought, right? It's a phrase that means in the power of or by the authority of. Do you see what's going on here? David is not fighting with a stick and a sling. He is fighting with the power of Almighty God. That's the power. Let's look at the purpose. Following on in verse 46, we get, Today I will give your carcasses to the Philistine of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beast of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. What's the purpose of the battle? 
right there. There is a God in Israel. Christian sibling, do you not realize that you have access to that same God? Do you know that the spirit that created this world is the same spirit that has come to live in you? Do you know that the one who has conquered death is within you? You know the purpose of being a disciple. We talk about it regularly. But do you recognize the power that is within you? Now, I get it. I really do. I get it. I know and I understand that when there are giants all around us, it's easy for us to forget about the one that is in us. I want to pause for just a minute. I want you to grab that connection card that you have there with your bulletin. And um, if you would, just write your name and your email on there. Everybody with me, if you would, write your name and your email on there. And uh, if you're a first-time visitor with us, if you want to mark that, you want to give us a little bit more information, you can. Would appreciate it. If you're a first-time guest, I want you to take that card and put it in the basket that's on that red tablecloth table out there. It's got some books on it. Those books are for you. It's a gift for you. Uh, there's a book by J. Warner Wallace who, who looks at, at, from the standpoint of a homicide detective, as to whether or not the, the life of Christ can be seen and proven through the things of history without relying strictly on the Bible. It's a good read. Uh, I would, would recommend you take that. Uh, there's also a Bible there. If there's, you like coffee, take a coffee cup. They're there for you. But if you're a first-time guest, but please just put your... Um, your card in that basket. Everybody else, we'll put them in the offering basket here in a minute as the offering's collected during our final song. On the back side, there's a few extra things here. Um, I want to direct your attention specifically to uh, reading this week. If you'd read 1 Samuel 17, which we're breezing over today, and 18 we will breeze over next week. We are starting a new series today, which is uh, entitled Rise Above. How do we rise above the circumstances of this life? Our internal struggle and our external struggle. We're going to hit several different topics over the next several weeks as we do this. But it's that idea of rising above. And by the way, I know a great place where you can start And it happened to start today, but that's okay because you can show up next week. Sunday school class, um, Matt Gilligan is going to be taking us through a book by Max Lucado called It's Not About Me. Uh, He did a preview this morning of the things that are going to be talked about. And I'm going to tell you, it's good stuff. 
It's well worth your time to be here uh, if you can come at the Bible school hour. And this is a great time to get started because it is just starting now. So you'll be on the same point with everybody else. Please do that. Also, they're on the left side. Maybe there's some deeper things that, that, that you need to do and that you're thinking about. Like you want to learn about baptism and its place in uh, salvation and that process. Or maybe you want to learn more about uh, becoming a, a member or, or more about getting deeper in your faith. If you want to mark that over there, I'll be glad that these cards will come to me and I'll be glad to, to give you a call. If I can't call you, somebody else will and, and to, to discuss those things with you. If you're going to uh, do the memory verse or the other, don't forget you can write that on the back of the bulletin and take it with you, okay? So you can take that. I heard somebody say, well, why don't you write that on the bulletin? And I said, yes, why don't you? You know? I'm I'm here to guide you, not do it for you. (laughs) But write that on your bulletin so you'll have it. And go ahead and read chapter 17 and 18 of what is a familiar story to a lot of you who have been in the faith and been in church for a long time? We're going to look at it with some fresh eyes. So please do that. But we're going to try to rise above our circumstances, fully relying on the Lord to help us further his kingdom in us and around us. Friend, Saul and the army of Israel and God's army today, they can be defeated when their focus is on the enemy standing before them and taunting them and scaring them into submission. Yet we like David, you can overcome. You can be an effective soldier for the king. How? The same way that David overcame Goliath. The same way that John told us that every disciple of Christ can overcome evil. Can overcome those who are opposed to Christ. Who are anti-Christ. Remember what John wrote in 1 John 4. He said this. He said, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So, look past the one that stands before you, trusting the God who stands behind you. Father God, we thank you for the courage that David showed and how we see in your word that you used Flawed men all through time in order to do your purposes. We know, Father, that we are flawed. 
But we also know, Father, that your word encourages us to look beyond our flaws, to look beyond the giants that are around us, and to remember the spirit that you have given us, to remember your word, to remember that you have given us purpose, and to remember the cross of Christ, and to remember that he resurrected and he lives today. Father, we want to find encouragement and we're going to look for it in your word and we're going to claim it in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and sing this song, if you have some kind of a decision that you feel like you need to make today, why don't you come forward and make that? Stand with me if you would, please.